0: My name is Steph, uh, in case you don't know me, also one of the pastors here at the church. Um, I'm going I'm to preach for shorter than usual today, I'm going to preach on baptism, and I'm going to try and help you guys really get into an understanding of what it is, why we do it like we do it, and just show you from the Bible what this is about, not in order to sort of make a point in some way, but to inspire you with the, with the truth of the gospel. Because when someone gets baptised, it's a, it's, it's a powerful picture of what happens when Jesus Christ comes into your life. Okay, you mustn't miss that. You mustn't just see it as like something ritualistic, something that, well, churches do it, and it's a bit strange, and no one quite gets what it's about, but, you know, it's what they do, so we'll we'll go along with it. No, actually, we do do know why we do it. It's not just that it's a question of obedience, which it is, but the Bible gives some lovely, beautiful, rich teaching on baptism. So I want to just do that and teach you on that, for 15 or 20 minutes, and then we're going to get a chance for anyone who uh, is a believer but hasn't been baptised to get in the water, or, or anybody who genuinely wants to give their life to Christ and uh, for the first time, and be baptised, and we'll get a chance to get you in the water. And we'll see where we go on that, and then we will um, praise and worship the Lord and break bread. Okay? So um, I'm going to to you from a story in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked Do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture that he was reading was this. Quote in Isaiah now, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom I ask you? does the prophet say this, about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here's water. What prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he replied, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptised him. And when they came out of the water, the spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way, rejoicing. It's the word of God. Father, we thank you for your word. And I pray now, Lord, as we just look at this story and pull out some beautiful truths about baptism, I want to pray for a work of the spirit in this place. I want to pray, Lord, that you would just move in a beautiful way, and um, I just want to ask, Lord, that the words I speak, which in and of themselves are really not going to perform much. I pray that you would, you would own them and that uh, you would really use them to um, lift our heads to this amazing gospel, this good news about Jesus, because it is such good news. So we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would work through these words and touch people's hearts and lives. Amen. Amen. So we've got this great story here, a very famous story. If you've been a Christian a while, you've probably come across it. And I want to just ask some questions about baptism. And I guess I will be springing out of this story, but also pulling in some other situations in the Bible to help you understand it. The first question I want to ask, and really, I guess, root it in with Michael and say, why did he get baptised today? Why didn't he just get baptised when he was born or like a week after he was born or whatever, how Which very often the case? Why? Why, get, why now? It seems kind of weird for someone that big. You know, if you've got a traditional background and you've maybe been to family christenings and the like, it can seem really weird, someone that big, getting baptised. Because you're just not used to it. So why, why, why baptise an adult? It's a question that I want to answer. You see, throughout the Bible, what you find is, is that there's two things that go together with baptism. It's believe and be baptised. That's the charge. So in Mark 16, Jesus talks about those who believe and are baptised. Before Jesus ascended into heaven, he said to his disciples, go go and and make disciples of all the nations, teaching them to uh, obey me and baptising them. There's this teaching and then people believe in Christ and then they get baptised. In the book of Acts, chapter 16, um, Paul and Silas are in prison and there's a mighty earthquake, and all the chains fall off, and, the, and the, the guy who looks after the prisoner thinks that's it, I'm done for. All of these prisoners will have escaped, and then I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll be beheaded. So he's just about to kill himself, and Paul says, don't do that. Don't harm yourself, we're all still here. And the man says, what is going on? Tell me more about this God. How, how can I be saved? And Paul says to him, believe in Jesus, and you'll be saved. That very night, they believe in Jesus and are baptised. All through scripture, people believe and are baptised. We baptise in Michael because he believes in Jesus quite simply. That's why. And I would never go near baptizing someone who doesn't believe in Jesus. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's fair to baptize, to baptize someone as a Christian who themselves hasn't said, I want to be a Christian. All the way through Jesus' ministry, he would call people to follow him. He never forced them. They never somehow found themselves Christians. Oh, how did this happen? No. Jesus said, follow me, and people had a decision to make. Would they or wouldn't they? And people follow Christ, and those who follow Christ were baptised. So that's what we do. We say, do you want to follow Christ? If people hand on heart, with no coercion or pressure from the outside, or sense of trying to please someone else, but because they want to follow Christ, if they say yes, then we will baptise them. And we believe that that is pleasing to God, because God loves it when we choose to follow Him. God loves it when we choose to obey Him. It's, it's a sign that we trust Him and that we love Him. And so that's why we are baptizing. Uh, Michael, today, now, that's, that's what happened here. We see that this Ethiopian eunuch, he said, well, look, here's Walter, what prevents me from being baptised? That's a great question. What prevents me from being baptised? That's the question you should be asking. If you are a believer, not why should I get baptised, but what's, what's stopping me from being baptised? That shows that you've got it, you've understood it. When you say, what's there to stop me? Because let's get it out of the way. Well, Philip wants to make sure, so verse 37, Philip says, well, if you believe with all your heart, you may. Philip hasn't got a long list of 30 things he's got to do. It's not, well, do this and prove this to me and then do that and then make sure, you know, read your Bible every day for a year. No. Do you believe in Jesus with all your heart? If you do, then you may. And the eunuch replies to him, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And so he commanded the chariot to stop. Let's do it. See, it's very simple. It's very straightforward. And also, baptism is initiation, it's an initiation into the Christian life. And so, to make somebody wait is actually not very fair. Imagine if someone says, oh, well, I'm a Christian now, so I want to be baptized. And I said, Well, let's just give it a couple of years, and make sure you really are. The thing is, you see, is that I could be hindering them growing by denying them the initiation to being a Christian. It's what you do at the beginning. It's not what you do when, you, when you're ready, if you know what I mean. If you're not ready to be baptized, I would graciously question whether you're ready to be a Christian. Because becoming a Christian involves repentance, turning away from your sins, and just saying, Jesus, I need you to forgive me. Faith, trusting that Jesus Christ is the way, is the rescuer, is the one who died in your place so you could be forgiven. Is the Lord reigning on high? Faith, baptism, and receiving the Spirit. Those are the four fundamentals of becoming a Christian. So that's why we did it now. Secondly, why water? Why water and, and why so much of it? Man alive. I mean, it would be, believe me, it would be a lot easier if we could have done that. It would have been a bit of a sprinkle. I mean, that's a logistical nightmare out there. What you're looking at, that really is. Um, Why why water and why so much of it? Well, obviously, there are symbolic elements to baptism. It's not just symbolism. It's powerful. It's spiritually significant. Uh, There's a grace that is given from God and received from God in the act of baptism. It's not just, this is a nice symbol, but there is a symbolic element. And obviously, water symbolizes cleansing. And one of the most amazing things about becoming a Christian is that your conscience is cleansed. Wow. There's not many tougher things than going to bed at night with a stained conscience. It's horrible. It can lead to all kinds of things, all kinds of even physical maladies where you're just constantly living with this sense of, I know something's not right. I remember I became a Christian um, when I was 18, a long time ago. <laughs> and um, I got baptized two months later after that. And I remember when I got up to share, I just said, I just feel like this, this cleansing that's gone through me. It's just incredible. Because there was a lot of sort of shameful things I've been involved in. and just to feel that cleansing by Jesus. Oh, nothing like it. And, uh, and when the Apostle Peter, in his letter to, to, to believers, when he's talking about baptism, he makes this point. He talks about the Noah and the ark, and he's saying, you know, that's kind of like an image in some ways of, of being baptized, because they were saved through the water. That's what he says, they were saved through the water. And then he goes on, and, and he says this, he says, um, baptism, which corresponds to this, the Noah story, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. It's a, it's a, it's a, there's a, clean, a sense of a cleansing thing that goes on through that moment. It speaks of what God has done for you in Jesus. That Jesus became filthy on the cross. In fact, the Bible says he became sin. So that all the filth that we bring into, I guess, life and all that we are, as we just believe, thank you Jesus, that all that, all that sin went on to you. You took it. You took, you took my sin in your body and you've gifted me with your righteousness. Wow. you can be cleansed as a gift. It's a scandal. I want to say that. You might be thinking, hold on, hold on a minute. Do you just say that Jesus takes all the sin and you get his righteousness as a gift? Yeah, it's an absolute scandal. Christianity is not do better. It's not work harder. It's recognize recognize that you can do as much better and try as hard as you like. In fact, the situation just gets worse. Because if you fail, well, then you know it's got worse. If you, if you start doing better, you then get proud. And that's one of the worst ones. So you, can't, you, if you're, you're in a, you cannot save yourself. So God in his mercy has provided a perfect one, the only perfect one, who willingly became sin so that we could become righteous before God. This is good news. This yeah. <laughs> is why we celebrate. It's, it's like, wow, it's, whoa. Okay, um, why a lot of it? Why a lot of water? Because the word baptized means sink. It means immerse, that's what it means. It wasn't a religious word in Bible times. If you saw a boat off on the horizon sinking, you'd say that boat's being baptised. It's, it's, it's just, it means to sink. That's what it means, to immerse. So we immerse. So we're not trying to be funny or contentious about it. We're just saying that's what the word means. So that's what we do. Um, Some of the next few points, you'll realise why, 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 why that, that word and that mode was chosen. And I'll help you with that by us answering a third question: Why all the way down, poor guy? Do you see him all the way down? Baptism speaks of burial. You're identifying with Jesus. Jesus died. For sin, as you identify with him, you're saying, Jesus, I want to identify with you and die to sin. And I want to be identified with you in your death, in your burial, and then in your resurrection. You see? So because it's, it's yes, it's highly pictorial, highly symbolic. You, you see the action and you think, wow, that really speaks of something. But at the same time, actually, it's more than that. It's more, if you read the book of Romans, the way Paul talks about it, it's more than that. He doesn't say, oh, when you were baptized, it was a, kind of a symbolic of, of the fact that you've been buried with Jesus. Listen to what Paul says in Romans 6. It's what um, Richard read earlier. He says, Don't you know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism. Into death, Michael was buried a moment ago with Christ by baptism into death. Something was happening with him and Jesus there. Okay? In the spirit, he was being joined there with the death and burial of Jesus that took place in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. Don't ask me how. I mean, I can't tell you the science of how it works. It's spiritual truth. It's highly mysterious. But I want to say it's more than a symbol. This man has just been buried with Jesus. And then raised up into newness of life, as Paul goes on to say, we were we were therefore buried with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in the newness of life. And that's why we brought him up again. <laughs> it wasn't just because we didn't want to kill him; it was it's part of the deal. It's part of the it's part of the image. It's not just burial to the old, is that? Absolutely. But it's up into new life. That's the celebration. The celebration is that the old has gone, but that also the new has come. And that the very resurrection life of Jesus by his spirit is poured into us when we come to know it. That the actual real resurrection life of God is at work in us by the Holy Spirit. It's incredible stuff. And finally, I want to just ask the question, why in the name of? What's all this stuff about we baptise you into Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit? What's, what's going on there? Well, baptism is a naming ceremony. You know, very often when it's Christmas, people will give you a name. A Christian is giving you a certain name. Well, you are given a name when you're baptised, and it's Jesus. It's a new identity. It's like, this is, what I, this is what I will be known by. This is who I will... This is how you will know me. I'm going to look like someone called Jesus. It's kind of sobering. It's kind of, oh, it's weighty stuff. It's powerful stuff. It's a naming ceremony. You are being baptised into Jesus Christ. Wow. That's the name you carry now. You see, the early Christians were called Christians, and it it was a bit of a kind of a mocking insult, really. It just means little Christ. And it was a bit, a bit. Um, how can I put it, a bit disparaging. You know, like when you say, oh, they're trying to be like someone. So you know that, you know, when these things happen, you know, someone's trying to be like the latest celebrity or the latest star. And they call those old mini, you know, mini Beyonce over there or whatever. It's kind of a bit, you know, well, it was like that. Oh, the old, yeah, the old little Jesuses over look at them go, you know. That's what it was like. That's how it was originally meant. It wasn't a r- respectful phrase that we made up. But I'll tell you, there's something quite profound in it. The onlookers were looking and saying, do you know what? They're clearly trying to be like someone, that Jesus guy. And although they may have used it as a mocking term, actually it's a badge of honour, isn't it? And others outside have noticed that um, I, I'm all about Jesus. And that's, that's, that, there was a naming ceremony that goes on where we say, there we go, we baptise you into Jesus Christ. You are joined with him. You are identified with him. You become one spirit with him. It is incredible. It is scandalous, it is miraculous it is beyond comprehension, but it is experiential and very very real and I guess I want to kind of wrap things up with a with a, I guess a, a call to people here today who either are believers but maybe you've just you've resisted at this point of baptism and who know there could be a hundred and one reasons why so I won't go through a list, but you know you know what it is if, if it's you, but for some reason you've you would say, yeah, I'm a Christian. And you would say, yes, I've repented from my sin. And you would say, yes, I've put my faith in Jesus. But for some reason, you've stuck. There's been a sticking point around baptism. And you've been like, and I guess in your mind, maybe you've seen it as an optional extra. And I just want to say to you, because I'm, I, I, I'm not going to flatter you today. I'm speaking before God. So I want to say to you, it is not an optional extra. It isn't. You will find no teaching anywhere in the Bible that talks about getting saved, coming, being converted. Oh yeah, and later on at some point, you know, if you feel ready, you know, no pressure, you can get baptized. It, that's not the tone of the Bible. The tone of the Bible is this. Come, follow me. Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. He commands you to be baptized. And I just want to throw out the challenge and say, guys, there's a whole tub of water out there. You can wear my shorts. What will I wear? Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) I'll blow it. I'll figure figure something out, but it'll be decent. All right? (laughs) Or you can go in your wet clothes. But we'll we'll get you in there. We've got a spare pair of ladies' clothes that we we brought along. Why wait? Why wait? Now, you might be you might be sitting and thinking, well, I've still, there's some things I actually genuinely need to think through. Some more answers I need. Fine. Of course. Absolutely. You need to do that so that when you do it, it's out of conviction. But if you just know, actually, it's either fear or just sort of old, good old-fashioned disobedience. You know, it's like, nah. And you know you need to repent of that. And you need to actually say, Jesus, I need to follow you. And I've just been holding back. Or maybe there's just been, maybe there's some things I've said in the message today and you thought, I never, I never realised the Bible taught that. I just didn't realise. And now I see it. Of course I really want to get baptised. It could be that or it could be 50 other reasons. But I want to give you an opportunity. And also if you're here today and you've, you've never come to Christ but maybe what you've seen and heard, you just think, this is amazing, are you telling me that I can be forgiven of my sins and reconciled to God through what Jesus Christ has done for me and I haven't got to keep trying to prove my own righteousness to myself, my own conscience and any God who's out there, but actually God has realised and God God has said and proclaimed that I can never do it, so therefore I can just come clean and say, you know what God, I need forgiving and God will say, that's fine, I've given my son to die in your place so That you can be forgiven freely, and you and you're just your sins for the first time, and you're thinking, Man alive, can I really have this? Can I have new life in Jesus? Can I have eternal life as a gift? Yes, you can, yes, you, you really can. And I wouldn't make s- stuff like that up. The Bible teaches it is the gospel, that's why it's called good news. And you think, Well, I want to follow Jesus, and I want to repent of my sins, and I want to get in that water because uh, I want to follow him all the way, and you mean it. And, you know, we might not be able to work out, cross every T and dot every I as to what it's going to mean. But I'm, t- I'm talking about radical revolution. I'm talking about following Jesus. All the way, I'm talking about anything Jesus calls sin that you don't get to carry on doing. I'm talking about that. So I'm making it really, really clear. So I don't get you on, on some sort of false ticket and then get you in the water. No, it's about saying you absolutely, you've seen it and you want to follow Jesus with all your heart. If, if you are here and you think you want to get baptized, then I will gladly baptise you also now. Is there anyone in the room who needs to be baptised? Let me know. We'll go and do it. The only reason I'm just giving it time is because I know for some people at this moment, it's something of a battle that goes on. So I'm just wanting to just, I'm not, there's no pressure. It's a genuine sense. If you just, you're feeling there's a, I know, I know, but I'm just giving you time. I'm just giving you time. That's all. There's no need to be embarrassed for me, by the way, if you are feeling for me. I'm really fine with this, okay? Just to let you know. Some of you are looking really pained. It's really cool. I, I genuinely, you know, there's no, in one sense, there's nothing for me to, to gain from it in that sense. I'm literally wanting to just express the patience of God and the mercy of God and just give a, just give a bit of time for people to say, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. And, you know, I just want just to give room for that. I'm going to pray and um, just see where we get. Father, thank you so much for, we just, we just, you're so good. and just Thank you for what you're doing among us here. And Lord, I want to pray for, I just want to ask, Lord, if there is anyone or two or three in this room who just are really, bat, really battling at the moment and actually really, really want to, But either fear or timidity or what will people think or those things get in the way. I just want to ask that you would have real mercy now, Lord. I just want to pray that that you'd really help them. That's all, Lord. There's none here then, fine. But if there are some, I really want to ask that they would just really find mercy from you now in this moment. In order to be able to do the thing that in their heart they most want to do. So God, I just pray. I just want to pray for help and grace to be given now. Across this room, Lord. You know, you know. Thank you. You search the hearts. You know who needs what. So we just I just commit all these guys to you, Lord. And say, if there are any here that need that, I've just pray, please give it to them now, Lord, because you're because of your your graciousness and your and your kindness. Please do that, Lord. As so we're just waiting in God's presence, I'm gonna I just I'm gonna give five more seconds. I'm just gonna scatter them once more. If you're like, yeah, God's given me mercy, I want to do this, just let me know. I'll go for it. Father, as we gather now to just honour you a bit more and rejoice in the Lord Jesus. I, I pray that you would, I, pray, I just pray for a real move of your spirit across this room, yes. Lord God, today. Um, thank you that church isn't about being smooth or um, being having it all together or any of these things. It's about people that gather to you and you make your presence known. And I pray, Lord, that as we just really gather to love you and honour you in song and in praise and through breaking bread and taking the wine and all these things, I I pray for an outpouring of the Spirit. And I pray, Lord, that the gifts would flow. And we just pray people's people's hearts would be spoken into. I pray for gifts of prophecy to flow across the room. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We are going to gather back in praise for about 10 or 15 more minutes. During that time, there's bread and wine at the back of the room. Please help yourself um, to that if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, just pass it by. There's no benefit in taking it if you don't know the Lord. If you are a believer, take the bread and wine in a worthy manner, which means if there is any unresolved, unconfessed sin in your life or you there's a relationship breakdown with another brother or sister, deal with it, straighten it out. Okay, It's really important so that we uh, show, demonstrate a right and good fear of the Lord as we take the bread and as we take the wine. Um, there will be no one... Giving it out in that sense, we just leave that trust that with you now. So during these songs, maybe.